Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. 17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning drive. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of Ravens Post Game Uncensored on 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore. Here with my guy, Cordell Woodland of Shaking It Up Sports on 105.7 The Fan, as well as the reporter for the Baltimore Ravens for the radio station. All right, Cordell, we know that the Ravens won an ugly one, 13-3. We talked about it already. Really no need to, to, to beat a dead horse in that regard. They did what they had to do in a, a ugly game all over. The, the weather wasn't the best. Um, the game wasn't the best offensively. You know, they looked lethargic, but hey, they did enough to win. Uh, but there were some injuries that came out of that win. We saw Kyle Hamilton, the safety, go down after he's definitely been improving every single week uh, down with a knee injury. And then we seen Ronnie Stanley go down as well with an ankle injury. And it appears that it's the same ankle that he had surgery that's had him out, you know, for as long as it has. Um, I did see a video of Ronnie Stanley leaving the stadium in a walking booties walking. I mean, it's a little gingerly, but it's right after the game. So understandable. We've heard Lamar Jackson talk about Ronnie Stanley and saying that, you know, he was the one that heard him, but he talked to him and he said, my bad. I mean, I'm good, you know. Uh, so I'm just curious to know, how do we think that this potentially affects the Ravens down the stretch? Now, we know that from, you know, a schedule perspective, it's favorable to the Ravens. That doesn't mean that, you know, these guys won't be missed. And then you go into a situation where you play Jacksonville on Sunday. There's a very good chance that we're not going to see Ronnie Stanley. And that defensive line for the Jaguars is pretty good. So, you know, how does this affect what they're doing on both sides of the ball? Because now that's one less safety that they ha they're missing in Kyle Hamilton. We already don't have Marcus Williams. Now you're at the left tackle position. It feels like you're going to have to move Makari back over to left tackle in an interim position until we know the the extent of Ronnie Stanley's injury. Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's big. And obviously Ronnie is a, is the biggest one. I mean, uh once since Ronnie's been back and fully back, this offensive line has looked totally different. They've been shored yeah. up. Uh he he's pretty much solidified that left side of the line to the point to where this offensive line has been looked at as one of the elite groups in the NFL right now. So Ronnie's going to be a big loss. 
Um, hopefully it's not anything serious. Uh, it, it, it didn't look great seeing Lamar roll into him like that. I mean, Lamar was, was sacked into him. Brian Burns comes off scot-free and, and, and gets a clean shot at your quarterback. That's never what you want to see. And then to have them roll into Ronnie was just kind of like a double whammy right there. But, uh, to see him be able to walk off the field at the, at the uh, to a degree on his own power was a good sign. He walked out of the blue tent into the locker room. Um, Lamar, I, you can't take what Lamar says as law as far as the injuries, but I thought right. it was a good sign that he said that Ronnie was joking with him a little bit. And uh, he's, he's probably going to miss some time. I mean, we saw how long it took him to come back. You know, this time he, he's going to make sure he's good to go. Um, hopefully it's nothing more than a scare. He, he was supposed to get the MRI this week. We'll see what comes out of that. But it's Harbs was, you know, in good spirits, said that he's trending up. Same with Kyle Hamilton. Uh, but Ronnie, you know, he, he's a special case right now. They, they've got a lot invested in him. And um, while Makari's there now, Makari's pretty much their backup for every position along this offensive line. So uh, they can't afford to have anybody else go down, at least until Ronnie Stanley comes back on that on that O-line. That's that's pr- probably the biggest thing that worries me. But, yeah, you're right. They're going up against Jacksonville, who, you know, they've got the number one pick in this past draft. And uh, Trayvon Walker, He, you know, not just him. They have guys that can get to the quarterback. That's a defense as well that – uh, I fear could be a little better than we think going in uh, because the numbers will tell you that they're not good and the eye test will probably tell you the same. Uh, but, you know, it's it's all about matchups a lot of times. And we yep. saw how the Panthers game went. They were stronger and faster than we initially thought. I think the same could be said for this Jacksonville defense. Yep. Uh, Kyle, Kyle Hamilton, I think, is a blow uh, mainly for him – in particular because he was starting to really come into his own. It looked like he was starting to figure it out. And for this to happen right now at a time where he was arguably having his best game of the season uh, on Sunday, it's, it's, it's really just poor timing. And as far as the impact that it'll have on that defense, I, I think it'll be huge. They've been able to use him a lot yeah. uh, over these last couple of weeks. They, they've used him as a blitzer. They've used him, uh, as the third safety in some of their dime packages, they've used him as their nickel cornerback at times. Um, so they, they've, they've started to get into this uh, this rhythm where they use him all over the field. So that's a that'll be a big chess piece that they're missing because while Brandon Stevens is a corner slash safety, I don't know that they feel like that he's the he's as uh, big of a chess piece as Kyle Hamilton is right now. I think. Even though Stevens is in his second year and Kyle Hamilton's the rookie, I think Kyle Hamilton is ahead of Brandon Stevens. I think it's a little bit of a drop off right now uh, with the with going to Brandon Stevens. So that's a big blow. Uh, they haven't been able to have a solidified nickel corner um, between Brandon Stevens and Pepe Williams. So Kyle Hamilton has kind of been that stopgap for them there. Like they'll yeah. still throw Stevens and Williams out there, but Kyle Hamilton is his snaps have got, not, done nothing but go up uh, the last couple of weeks. So now they're going to have to revert back and go to those two guys and really probably split time there. 
uh, that'll it'll it'll be interesting to see how that how that nickel corner spot is the net for however long Kyle Hamilton's out with that knee issue. That's another one that didn't necessarily look good when right. he was coming off uh, off the field, but he managed to walk on his own power as well. Uh, Gus Edwards, you know, we he practiced in limited fashion all last week. We heard Harbs on Monday talk about how you know Gus Gus just didn't look right on Thursday and Friday, and uh, he was hoping that he'd be able to play Sunday, but he just couldn't make it to the game. And I think Gus is probably closer to playing than not. I would imagine he probably plays on Sunday if I had to bet. Uh, but I thought he would have played this, this past Sunday. Sunday. This past Sunday, right. <laughs> uh, what do I know? Um, but I, I do have a, a better feeling that Gus will play the, this Sunday. Obviously, a lot of that depends on how he's able to practice this week and how he's feeling uh, that hamstring in conjunction with this the knee issue that he's dealing with coming back from last year's ACL tear, you know, it, it's it's uh it's concerning for sure. Yeah. Uh yeah. you want to be careful with hamstrings anyway, because those are a big a big time nagging injury. Just ask Deshaun Jackson, who's dealing with it again. <laughs> career right career now, hamstring you know? uh uh injury person he that, yeah, this is I mean, that's, that's story his of his professional life yeah that, that's that's his career I mean yeah. we we knew this was coming I don't know if we expected it to happen after nine plays but <laughs> it's, it's what is what happened right. um he's another one he didn't practice at all last week well we'll see if he practices this week Harv said it's taking a little longer than he thought and he brought up the good point Deshaun Jackson's 36 years old you know, yeah. this is going to heal. But they knew that when they signed right. him, though. Right. Like, right. why would you bring that up when you chose him over a Tavon Austin who was younger than him? I, I don't understand that logic. Don't tell us that he's older. We already knew that coming into the season. And we also knew that he had a hamstring problem. So I'm right. not really sure what you're trying to do and telling us this. Um, you chose him. Is I can't imagine anybody in that building is shocked. <laughs> exactly. Dealing with a hamstring issue, uh, a hamstring issue right now. Uh, and it's a situation where they need somebody. I mean, as good as Demarcus Robinson was uh on Sunday, they they still need somebody that can stretch this stretch the defense out. They, yep. they there were no big plays in the past game, there were no down the field throws in the past game really they don't have anybody that can be a deep threat for them they need Deshaun Jackson right now um and because I don't I mean Andy Isabella I'm convinced he's he's not going to get an opportunity to play most likely this is a small guy Andy Andy Isabella is very small I mean he looks like a child in pads and I'm not <laughs> disrespecting him. I think it's more credit to him like this dude must be crazy good to be his size and be on a practice squad, let alone be drafted in the second round of the NFL draft. Like he is a small guy. Um, so I, I don't know if we'll see him at any point, not just because of his size, but also just because he's been in Baltimore on the practice squad for at least a month now. And we've yet to even hear a sniff about him being activated, even with all the wide receiver uh, injuries that they're dealing with right now. So I'm convinced we're not going to see Andy Isabella. Um, but yeah, Deshaun Jackson, we'll see if he gets back on the practice squad this week. 
I'm sure they would love to see him out there uh, because they do need him. Um, they I need somebody on the practice squad. I mean, that's that's injured. I think are those all the injuries? Those uh, are the major. I mean, yeah, it appears it feels like those are the big ones that that have some that have impact. I, I'm listen. Patrick McCarry is by no means um, Ronnie Stanley. Uh, and so, you know, I, I understand that that's a huge loss, but Patrick McCarry in his um, absence has played consistent. So you do feel good about that. As I mean, Listen, look what we went through last year and what we're going through now feels like completely different things. It's unfortunate because again, the Jacksonville's front is pretty good. And then they have good linebackers, Josh Allen and sorts. So it, they have playmakers over there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm concerned in that regard. However, um, I'm confident because we know that Macari um, can play well at the left tackle position. Obviously yeah. it thins out the, 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 the deep, I mean, the offensive line, um, but ultimately um, you feel confident that Macari will do the best that he can and, and be efficient um, in his role with Ronnie Stanley, you know, not being there. The Kyle Hamilton, when I agree with you, I do feel like this one is a blow. Um, the one thing that could potentially help the situation, though, is the pass rush. And um, getting in the face of, you know, um, Trevor Lawrence, obviously, can really be helpful with your secondary. If you're going to have a Brandon Stevens that's coming into the play, we haven't seen Jayla Arma Davis. Um, you know, he's been he's had injury, but also he hasn't he didn't really play well either, you know, when he was in action. But you know, having a front seven that is really playing well can really mask what you're doing on the back end. And what you really hope is that that's what happens in this case with Kyle Hamilton being out. Um, Gus Edwards, I agree with you. I do think at some point he will come back and play, but even if it's not this week, then next week against the Broncos. And then Deshaun Jackson is what it is, right? Like (laughs) the fact that we brought him up though, Cordell, I think we just did it because he's on the roster, but what did we really think here? I mean, you know what I mean? This is bad because, yeah, I mean, we definitely all expected this. It's just the fact that they are in a position they need him. Yeah. I think. I mean, you you need somebody with some sort of game-changing speed. Um, and as old as Deshaun Jackson is at 36, I still think he can run. Uh, if nothing else, he can run when his hamstring isn't bothering him. Uh, he, he can still run. And – I, I, they don't have anybody, even the deep ball he threw to Jackson in, in the Saints game that was deflected. You know, they they don't have that was the last deep ball they've thrown. I mean, they, yeah. they didn't throw one against Carolina. I don't think they threw another deep ball in that game after Deshaun Jackson was hurt in the Saints yeah. game. So they, they just don't have anybody else that can stretch the field the way that he can. And I, it limits your offense. And in the, in, in the NFL, when you have a glaring weakness, teams exploit that and so you don't want to get in a position to where dbs can kind of sit down and and get in the ability to where they can react uh instead of backpedaling once these once these dbs start realizing you're only throwing the ball 15 20 yards max up the field and all they can all they have to do is really just sit that's when you get in trouble uh that's Mm -hmm. when you see guys start jumping routes that's when you see in receivers getting their heads knocked off, you know, because there's no threat of the deep ball. There's no reason for these guys to backpedal anymore. 
Um, and that's what you're starting to, I think that's what you're going to start getting, especially Demarcus Robinson, as good of a day as he had on Sunday, was a lot of quick outs, a lot of quick hitches, you know, it, it wasn't really anything pushing the ball down the field. It was them really taking advantage of uh, the cushion that he was getting. And he would just go and run his little 10 yard out, a 10 yard hitch and come back and the ball's right there for him. I, I just don't know how often that's going to be the case. Uh, for them we'll find out soon enough they play the Jaguars on Sunday so we'll talk about uh, our preview uh, coming up shortly